Welcome to Opolis Public Radio, the place we talk about tech innovation, blockchains, bufficorns, social evolution, the future of work, and other cognition-sparking morsels. No, All right, three takeaways. Really What's your number one, Justin? Osaka takeaways, the cultural immersion highlights. It is insanely clean and well-organized. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this on the way down. The yes. the the what, the green the green stripes. Uh, I'm pretty sure like they have robot to... vacuums, like those little iRobot things that just like pop out of from underneath each doormat I'm... and like clean the streets. I've never seen a train <laughs> like stay like a whole se- like the whole system, the whole train system, not just one station. The whole thing was just spotless. Oh yeah, no trash, nothing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> All How right, so I, I agree. Um, I enjoyed honing my Japanese crane game flipping skills. <laughs> yes. I mean... Explain. Well, you get a five-year-old and a two-year-old, you got to get stuffies, right? It's Japan. So they got... Arcades are... So the arcade isn't really an arcade, right? They have like, what, three games that are like video games, and then the rest of it's like the, the, <laughs> the little claw games that you try to get the little stuffed animal toy. But they yeah. like totally set this stuff up to where they know that it's going to take you way more than one try. Yeah. And like, it's not intuitive. It's like the opposite of what you think. It's not actually that you grab it. It's that you have to flip it or like hit a thing or push it. It's like the claws actually not about grabbing. It's about some other strategy. That's that was that was insane. Right, and some some of them are borderline scams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think after fifty bucks on like a couple of those machines, I think it was pretty much feeling like a scam. Yeah, they're like, oh, we feel bad for you. We'll like put this in like the best possible position. Didn't we watch something out. like a, a Japanese YouTube video that actually talked about like kind of like the slot machines, how like it's actually timed to like work. Like yeah, where it, yeah. it'll like yeah, grab it'll it like stronger, stronger every, like like every fourth turn or something, or every fortieth turn or fiftieth yeah. turn. Mm-hmm. That's so shady. <laughs> but you know they get away with it, right? Like, I mean, it's, all it's the a part of the culture. Are... It's like it's like a sport. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. So what's next? Vending yeah. machines. Uh, well, it's Hannah's turn, so she. she oh yeah, to come sorry. Up with one. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, I would say for me, the people. I just found everyone to be so friendly and so willing to help you figure things out or try to speak with you. I've traveled a lot of places where that was not the it's case. Not like so the it was French. very, very refreshing. No offense to our French friends. <laughs> but it's yeah, fun. no, they so nice. They were nice. Very I agree. Yeah. That's great. Very helpful. I, I Actually, we had the same experience in Korea where it's like we were trying to find something. Really? And these people literally called a phone line because oh they couldn't gosh. understand us. And like it was like a person it, who, who could, could translate English. And That's like, yeah. Really? They're, they're like, these people will help you. Now, they didn't do that in Japan. <laughs> but they, they, they were they, like pulling they stuff spoke? up on their phone. Or yeah, they, 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 they were like they trying that. to help. Yeah. They're Are you so, sure you need to go to this airport? So, yeah, so nice. Like, uh, so accommodating. Yes, so please. sweet. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I'd say for people that they don't know at all, have no relationship with, they're extremely uh, helpful and very nice compared to other places. I will say once you get to know people in other places, they're they can be equally, or you know, they can be amazing. But yeah, it was surprising how 
how helpful they were just in general. Yeah. All right, let's do the udon versus ramen debate. Boy, that is tough. All right, so just for context here, we went to like several different places. We had ramen, we had udon several times, we had like other noodles, we had like all, but it really boils down to udon versus ramen in my opinion. So go, debate. Um, I'm all about the ramen broth in general. You know, it's saltier, It it's like, intense savory flavor yeah. however i would say that ramen flavor is not like an everyday thing so udon is more approachable on I, a daily I, basis like on a, as a staple i would say i would say i'm i'm definitely kind of crazy in the fact that i always want something new like every day <laughs> so so i, no. I would like alternate between them <laughs> uh yeah so they're, they're both good but i think i'd probably eat ramen more often Interesting. I agree with you. So I'm a ramen guy. I love udon noodles. Don't get me wrong. And the way that we had those the ramen noodles at that restaurant with the what what was the sidecar thing called again? It's like a oyako bowl type thing. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, like I said, it was a carb bomb. Like the rice and the noodles. Right. Like oh my god. <laughs> like I've already got jet lag. Like I need a nap now. <laughs> but like unbelievable so good for sure and they just know how to nail that broth and like you tell them like oh spicy medium and they just nail it well the crazy thing about that ramen place we went to so they had the way that you could buy with tickets yeah. you know so like you you bought at this little terminal kiosk thing yeah yeah, yeah. um so but the, the funny thing is so i got uh, what was on the list is spicy. They had like mild, medium, and spicy, right? And so then I looked at it and it's like, okay, spicy is a three out of 10. I was like, wait, so you can go all the way to 10 out of 10 on this thing? And we, we were sweating on like, the three. <laughs> yeah, that was I know. So and you guys, wait, you, you guys uh, had the two, right? I might have had a one. You had a one. She had I, a had, one. I, had, yeah. I had a two. I had you had a three. Miles. Yeah. And actually, what's funny about that is, that was nothing compared to breakfast ramen that we had. Oh, right. You remember the breakfast noodle. ramen, the yeah, noodle the bowl that we had? The breakfast ramen from yeah. 7-Eleven. From 7-Eleven. So we have to talk about 7-Eleven now, too. Seven. Oh, wait a minute, Love Triangles. It's my yes. favorite. <laughs> I can't even believe that I didn't remember that. Like the little sushi snacks, man. They were right. so good. So, so we we found out that we were randomly staying in the pink light district and so John decided to call the triangles uh, love triangles. <laughs> well, they're triangles. He, he, he and needed I love a them. nickname for them. <laughs> what they are. Well, they're triangles, and I love them. So I, the, they're just the love triangles. But it's a little seaweed-wrapped rice patty with, right. with some wasabi with mayo. Filling. And salmon wasabi. Was salmon like wasabi salmon. mayo is the only one worth buying. Yeah. <laughs> well, we tried a bunch of them. Like, we tried the tuna mayo. That was okay. That was yep. decent. Yep. But it was the, the salmon wasabi mayo that was the ringer. That was awesome. And so the trick to these things, you have to, you have to open them in a one, two, three pattern. Um, so what they do is they have actually plastic separating the seaweed from the rice. I learned and... this the hard way. <laughs> it's true. It did happen. And so... Video evidence to support. <laughs> So the cool thing about that is the salmon, or sorry, the seaweed is totally crispy when you bite into it. 
And oh, so the, good. This is the cool thing about the wasabi one is there was actually wasabi in the seaweed as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like it had this crunch when you bite into it. So unlike your traditional supermarket sushi where it's like, you know, kind of the rice is meh and, you know. Well, like everything the, gets soggy. The, yeah, everything's soggy. Or hard, like so, frozen. Or like frozen or kind of stale. Mm-hmm. Right. It sits there so for a somehow they've hit like the perfect temperature on these these cooling cases. I, it's at amazing. And like the the rice does not like hit that like nasty. Well, remember you bought one to put in the fridge for breakfast, right? And then and the next morning, it was not the same thing. No, mm. no, it was not. It as was good. like cold and yeah. like it was it was like the rice was hard now. You gotta get it straight from the source. They've got to get it straight got, from Seth. They've got this down to a science. It's like a specific. <laughs> it's a specific refrigeration level. They're like, all right, it's if it's at, not between these two degrees of temperature, the rice is gonna get nasty and. And these things, what, 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 what were these things called? Onigiri, onigiri. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, because it's it's like. Um, I looked up that YouTube video where they actually did like the taste testing right. between Lawson <laughs> and Family Mart and Sev, which are the three uh, Major convenience, convenience stores, yeah. and like they all have them, but they're from different places. So they like did taste testing and all this is hilarious. Yeah, like they actually <laughs> take this stuff seriously. I can't. I mean, what what are we gonna do in in, in the states? Like, you know, compare Slurpees? Like, <laughs> I mean, someone probably has. Yeah, you're it's probably, probably right. There. Probably out there. YouTube is a crazy place. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that was, was good, though. Like, how many of those did you think you eat? You ate? Oof, I don't know. Probably 15 or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's like two a day. Did yeah. you eat any at the event? Because they had them. Yeah. Yeah, I tried them there, too. I had that one that there, there was Bonito one that flakes. was soggy. Like they did, they like had some that were. Like I had just one that was bolt. terribly fishy tasting and just yeah. not good. But they also had some of the triangles and some of those were good. Oh yeah, the, the Bonito flakes. One. Bonito yeah, no, flakes, no, no, no. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's the tuna mayo. I think one people was okay. do like that fishy, like sardine type flavor. Yeah, like, no, but no, thank you. Yeah, it's not really my thing. Naga, Naga, not, Nagasaki, <laughs> not gonna work here anymore. No, I'm I'm, I'm a no go on that. Uh, so it is interesting though. Like sardines do find their way into our food in some ways. Like uh, let's see, Caesar salad sometimes has sardines. Mm, oh yeah, That's right? right. Pizza, certain pizza, certain well, pizzas do. Yeah, like it's like an Italian thing. Like Layla's friends. Oh in, yeah. in Florence right now. And uh, apparently had uh, sent some, you know, food blogging photos uh, with some, some, yeah, what was it? They put sardines in everything in some parts of Italy. Pasta. Pasta, yeah, salads. See, like, I could never imagine putting sardines in pasta. But it's funny because when I remember being a kid, I liked sardines so much that I actually yeah. would like, like to eat salt. them out of the can. You like salt? Whoa. Was it the salt that you liked? I don't know. All I know is that, like, my mom was like, there's no way you're going to like this. This is hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, can we get some more? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I don't like chocolate, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't like chocolate, but, you know, sardines. You know, I just eat those out of the, out of the can, you know? But, but for whatever Costco's got, like, like, a bulk I definitely, thing, you know? I've definitely not touched sardines in the last, like, 20 years. You haven't? No. Why not? I thought I you know. liked them. I don't know, man. Like, I've, I think I might have eaten one, and I was just like, eh. 
but it's hard to say, you know, like some are probably fishier than others. Yeah. All right, vending machines. Let's go back to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Seriously, what an incredible business model. Right. We survived. You know, we, we, we lasted through the jet lag because of these vending machines. Um, I know. Literally, there were three within a 30-second walk of the oh, door of our easily. Airbnb. 15-second walk. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, one of them was literally five seconds outside. It's like mm-hmm. you trip outside, and there it was. All right, so favorite drink? Boss. Boss. <laughs> Coffee a lot. Yep. Yeah, we had, a, we had a nickname for those. In a can. What was the nickname? Boss Lady. Boss Lady. <laughs> That's my drink. <laughs> yes. Love it. That's Hannah's jam. That's my jam. <laughs> Boss Ladies. And then there was the uh, Survivor. Survivors. And you, re- you realize that we, we literally drank every Survivor in that one vending machine. Right. Yeah. What we, was the dragon yeah, one? The dragon boost. Dragon boost. Yep. <laughs> So they have how many how many how many energy drinks do you think we tried? Wow, you we guys tried definitely so many. like. I mean, it, it wasn't as many. Sting, it was probably like eight or so. It wasn't Sting, that many. Dragon boost. <laughs> yeah, I, the, I had like the, the weird one that like was like a liver like benefit. You had some wonky ones. What what was the real gold one? Remember that? Yeah, one? real gold. We had a lot of real gold. I had the Tough Man Refresh. That's right. Yes, that was hilarious. That one was so good. <laughs> that was pretty early on. It was. That was actually our first day. So, DEF CON. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was a I'm part of this trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say about DEF CON? It's really just the you know, tourism and social thing, right? Like, the talks are just sort of like ancillary. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's actually, there was a whole talk, uh, that Vitalik and a few other guys, uh, talked about the whole, how important it is for people to come together in, uh, physical places, you know, actually meet up in person. Yeah. It's funny. We talk about the decentralized future and distributed computing and global systems and all this, but like, it's funny how it boils down to like simple stuff, just like relationships and communities and, Face-to-face. Yeah, being face-to-face. Like, you can't... There's certain things you just can't do not being together. So DevCon is like the the pilgrimage, mm-hmm. you know? It's like the global, globetrotting pilgrimage wherever... It ha- where in the world is DevCon, right? So this is my second that, year. That is really cool about the fact that DevCon does keep jumping to a new uh, place. Oh, I think it's great. I, I, You know, as much as we do ETH Denver in Denver every year, of course, and ETH Global jumps around, I mean... There's benefit to both, but like the fact that they go to like some, and they they actually make it a point to not be like so like Prague is obviously not like, I mean it's a big city but it's not like Paris or London. Yeah, now Shanghai that's different. Cancun, yeah, I don't know that one. There's a lot of criticisms to the Cancun one, but um, Osaka seemed like I mean it's a big city but like it didn't feel like. It's kind of cool. It wasn't. It was a commercial thing, you know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. And then that is my favorite part. My favorite part of of DevCon, hands down, no questions, is there is no other event that I've ever been to on a on a massive global basis like that that you feel like the people there share your worldview. You know, you can go to a gaming convention, and it's about the games, right? It's about 
but but it's not about worldview. It's not necessarily. It's about entertainment. You know, this isn't about that. This is like deep rooted social change stuff. That like, you know, when I talk about this stuff in my neighborhood, people look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and you do it here, and they're like, oh yeah, exactly. Right. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. No. It's it's inspiring, and I'll I'll say, <clears throat> you know, we we put an insane amount of work into ETH Denver each year, and. Uh, the average person that I talk to doesn't know anything about it, right? No. But, <clears throat> you know, walking around DevCon and hearing some of these people face-to-face just say, you know, we really appreciate it and it's it's an amazing, fun event. And, you know, it it, it brings a lot of, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Validation. Like, yeah, validation to, yeah. you know, all, all the effort that we put into it. So it's Well, let's see, nine cool. months out of 12, I feel a little crazy. <laughs> and then, like, you know, there's, like, DevCon through ETH Denver that, like, I don't feel so insane because, like, there's so many people around still reinforcing kind of the mission. Right. And what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. But DevCon's, like, a whole other level, though. Like, it's not from a productivity standpoint. I guess it, do, I guess it depends on how you measure productivity. Because, like, my experience has been, like, the talks are great. There's, like, some really powerful stuff that gets unveiled. Some really great talks that happen, but it's not like that's not the major takeaway for me. Right? You could you could just watch. The, well, I could watch this stuff watch on, on YouTube online. or yeah, whatever. Totally. Like now, yeah. I well, I probably will because there's a few talks that I missed. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the the importance of having that face to face time in this industry. I mean, it's growing and evolving daily. What's so. the social thing? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like a tech thing even. It's like it's like totally a social thing. And then think about it. Think about the people that we talked to over the week. Name a continent that you didn't talk to somebody from. Antarctica. <laughs> okay, and even then there was probably a penguin there somewhere. Yeah. No, I mean that that actually we did see some penguins, yeah. But they, they weren't we at DevCon. <laughs> well, and you know there's there's a guy that actually I didn't see him this year, but he was at DevCon last year. He was wearing his penguin outfit. Oh, right. He yeah, actually yeah, yeah. has a penguin yeah. outfit. Yeah. And he competed at ETH Denver. He was I saw there. him at ETH San Francisco, too. Oh, yeah, he was wearing his penguin thing. Denver, actually. Yeah. yeah. So he's a really smart guy, but, like, literally a penguin. So I guess we got Antarctica, <laughs> too. But All right. Australia, yup. Europe, yup. Africa, yup. Asia, yup. North America, yup. South America, yup. Speaking of South America, we saw a pretty cool talk, Hannah and I. Yeah, Mariano Conti's Yeah, he's one of my favorite people in the space. Yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, he lives and works in Buenos Aires, which has obviously had a lot of issues with their financial system, especially over the past year, and he gets paid in DAI. Yep. And then actually converts that to ETH because he's such a big believer in the ecosystem. That's great. Yeah, he's he's a really um he's a really in- incredible story. Um Yeah, you've known him for a while. Yeah, he um I mean just his development and like how he's you know there's a few people around the like Austin Griffiths one. Let me think who else. Like I mean th- this is like a short list, but there's there's a handful of people that have really meteored, right? Mm-hmm. Individuals, not projects, but individuals that have really stood out. Mariano's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And like it's, it's, what I love about him is he's so humble. Oh, and he's yeah. like such a sweet guy. And he's like this 
big strapping guy too you know he's like this presence and you're just like whoa dude like this guy is like but then like you can tell he's got this a little bit of in, you know i don't want to necessarily say insecurity but just like it's almost like he doesn't feel like he's like ready for the main stage right and it's like dude you're freaking brilliant man like what are you talking about like no you need to go out there and rock your stuff and he and, did and he did standing ovation so i know that's amazing i know cool. uh buenos aires is one of the contenders for the next ETH, or sorry predictions yeah <laughs> there's been a lot of chatter about that on twitter oh i wouldn't doubt it i've heard toronto what else vancouver toronto and um buenos aires is what my guesses would be cool well, and i i'll put my mark less right jet now lag on BA. this I'll, time buenos aires is where i think it'll be <clears throat> i don't think they'll do another ETH buenos aires because i think uh, the the local community isn't as big as you know some of the others, but I think from a if you think about where they've had you know DevCon, it's time to come back to the Western Hemisphere or to North or to North and South America. So they're not going to do Mexico again because of course they did Cancun. They're not going to do Central America. That wouldn't make any sense. The biggest ETH community is in Buenos Aires, so that's where I would guess. And they're they're lobbying hard. Well, I've got some friends there, so you know. Oh, I'd love to go. Especially oh, in the to tourism to industry. Aires. So I'd love to go to Buenos Aires, and it wouldn't be that much of a jet lag either because we wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, a couple hours. Oh, it's a couple yeah, hours. Okay. Yeah. Not a big deal. It's like going to New York. It's not jet lag. Anybody who goes to the East Coast now and talks about jet, jet lag? <laughs> oh my God. What? Oh, well, you, people do that. They go to New York. Oh, yeah, I'm jet lag. You're yeah. kidding me. Oh, you haven't heard that? I've never heard that in my life. I have. It's not good. <laughs> but, no. but I've worked in the tourism it's industry, not, so, you know. Not <laughs> I've got no. people who are traveling halfway around the world each time. Like we did, just yeah. did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, good <laughs> gosh. Yeah, so another thing that we brought up was interoperability. Yeah. Intera- I mean, it seems like... Um, there's just a lot more, um, technological humility almost like where I think different projects are realizing that they each have strengths, right? So Zcash and Ethereum, um, lots of like collaboration around, you know, sharing technology and insights, Mm -hmm. um, privacy based things, um, scalability, you know, there's rumors of, all sorts of different collaborations on scalability for Ethereum. Um, enterprise seems to be, I think there's a lot of focus on it because that's where a lot of the revenue is right now. But I think, you know, I think more and more people are realizing and talking about collaborating, even within like just the, the Ethereum community, like collaboration seems to be much more the kind of topic which I've been talking about for years like I, I just don't see a way that we build the web3 future without it I mean capitalism has to move from competitiveness to collaboration and it's just has to happen or else we won't get out of this particular chapter of capitalism which is you know exploitive and controlling and over extractive and all sorts of things but um yeah, I don't think we can get there without interoperability and collaboration, and that was a huge theme um, from every corner of DevCon, it seemed like. I mean, that that's my takeaway. Agreed? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to have to 
make sure to continue the collaboration vibe at Eat Denver 2020. We've already talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the things we're working on or do you want to wait on um, oh, those announcements? Little, little, uh, <laughs> little, um, little gold nuggets. You throw out a couple of things? Yeah, I sure. Maybe a little peek. Well, it's the year of the Pegabufficorn, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the year we take flight, which is our, our way of saying, essentially, it's, now it's time to start going mainstream and scaling and, and like all these things that we've talked about. Um, we're also going to have a big emphasis on DAOs. So for those that don't know what DAOs are, it's a decentralized autonomous organization. Um, ETH Denver is going to be putting on its work boots to evolve itself to becoming a DAO. And the event will become the first experience for many, many people as being a member of a DAO. So that's, there's that, and that collaboration is happening with DAOstack and several others to make ETH Denver fully, a fully experiential DAO. The first totally geocentric DAO event ever hosted in the world. Pretty ambitious. I think we're crazy, probably. But we've done some other crazy things, and it's worked Certainly. out okay. So I guess we'll see what happens. What else do you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Mm. Pegabufficorns. Those are my favorite things. <laughs> we have so many cool little things that are happening with, like, swag and little silly things. So, like, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of our marketing is kind of silly, but it's, it's fun, and people like it. So, like, if, if the swag they like, they're going to like that, and they're going to like to see what we're doing. I don't, want to, I don't really want to give anything out on, on what we're doing with swag because we have so many cool little things that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think the DAO's a good preview. Yeah, the DAO's now. a good preview. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be, oh, one other thing with the DAO, I think it's important to note that prizes will be distributed via community voting in addition to our celebrity judge panels. Right. That's cool. First time ever this will have been done in combination with the celebrity judging panels. Like, it's not been done. All of the prizes for the open and, and impact tracks are being distributed that way. That's cool. Way cool. Way cool. I guess I, well, the, I'll mention a couple other projects that I'm excited about. One thing that's going to be cool is your membership for the DAO is going to be authenticated by um, another partner project called Formatic. So Formatic describes themselves as like a, a user-friendly MetaMask. So um, you, you know, user experience is a big problem for you know, private key management and all sorts of things. Um, but Formatic makes it really easy to get um, a decentralized ID um, hooked up with your, you know, you know, your wallet or whatever your, it is. Yeah, you know, your, your application. Your application. So... You know, we, um, we're using Fortmatic essentially as, call it your check-in, right? So when you check-in, that becomes your membership in the DAO. And then as you go around the ecosystem, your, your Fortmatic public key, your identity is going to be pr- actually printed on your badge in a QR code. So anytime somebody scans that as sort of a checkpoint, you're going to gain reputation in the DAO. So like it's it's like a game, right? So the more scans, the more kind of involvement you get, the more you know coins and reputation that you're going to earn, and then the more influence you'll have in voting and other kind of cool things. There might even be some Easter eggs, wink, 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 about things that you know for those that do the most engagements in the ecosystem, 
uh, there might be some really cool things that they'll get. So that's, um, that's a really exciting thing. So Sean Lee and the team over at Formatic have been putting an incredible amount of work. Matan, Elon, Felipe, and Patrick over at Dowstack are just going to crush it. And, I mean, between that and our team, like, the collaborations that are happening are just really fabulous. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. We should probably talk about when applications are going to open. That would probably be a good thing. If only so, we knew. <laughs> if only we knew. So um, we should probably plug Defolio. Yes. So Devfolio is, um, you know, we really wanted to use Devfolio in 20, uh, 2019, but we had already started building uh, an application through one of our hackathon participants um, from 2018, um, who's now moving on to some other projects. But uh, Devfolio is kind of emerged as the, uh, call it a dev post for, you know, kind of Web3 and um, other kinds of hackathons. Well, at any rate, they're integrating the Fortmatic um, identity protocol and that collaboration is happening, so that's really cool. And then applications are officially opening um, the last day of ETH Waterloo. Yes, November 10th. November 10th. So um, for those of you that are attending ETH Waterloo, which we highly suggest that you do because it's literally the last opportunity, it's the last stop on the Web3 train for 2019. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get your last fix of your blockchain nerdery on, that's the only place to go. And it's literally the birthplace of Ethereum. You guys knew that, right? Vitalik dropped yeah. out of, of water, you know, University of Waterloo. Oh, yeah. and so if you have any interest in, uh, do, in, in sort of riding that wave into the end of the year, that would be my suggestion. And then, um, of course, ETH Denver is always the first event on the circuit coming out of the, uh, uh, the holiday season. So November 10th. Yes. Applications get in early and uh, maybe just you know drop the dates of ETH Denver 2020 and the why don't you do it? That. Go ahead. You go ahead, Justin. What are the dates again? You know, I'm not sure. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's the 14th to 16th of February, and then we have Biddle Week going on the four days leading into 10th that. through 13th. Mm -hmm. yep. So 10th through 13th is Biddle Week, Colorado. So that's our version of Blockchain Week. So talks, workshops, all sorts of stuff. Open source. Open source, right? So anybody can post something on the calendar. Like literally, it's, 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 there's no applications. You don't have to do anything. You can just post your stuff. Yeah, it's so open source that we've even dropped the Keystone events. Like literally, it's whatever the community wants to put together. Mm -hmm. We will, we will it's add just it to happening. the schedule. It's just yeah. happening. Yeah, you're good to go. And then you, We even never... have a free place that you can host events here at Enterprise, the co-working space that we work out of. Yeah. That's that's a big bonus. Oh yeah. Thanks to Bauman and crew for that. Absolutely. And so then, Enterprise Coworking, 30th and Lawrence giving us essentially comped space to host all these events. On top of that, any Thursday throughout the year, uh, we host a blockchain coworking day here, so you can come cowork for free. So much as well. stuff. So and then now the mountain retreat. We'll end with this. The mountain retreat after ETH Denver. We've done this third this will be our third year. We're going to Breckenridge, so it'd be the 17th through 20th. We're gonna go out and do what? Ski, hang out. Yeah, Colorado I mean, I'm, stuff. I'm more into the opera ski side of it myself, but uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you can get me Lots up there options. at least one of the days. <laughs> yeah, I'm into the 
sipping hot chocolate in my chalet <laughs> sort of thing. But that's just me. What do I know? All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll, we'll see, see you around the ether space. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just one thing I would say, though, before we sign off, head to ethdenver.com. If you want to get on the list to be notified when registrations for applications actually go live and just other updates as we uh, move into the next ETH Denver. And also check out opolis.com where... Co. Sorry. Opolis.co. My bad. All good. <laughs> All good. Um, and John John can tell you uh, what's, what's coming here. Oh, we're going to show Opolis now? Like, okay, this is like shameless last-minute plug, right? I thought we were like culminating here and we're going to wrap it up. So Opolis, um, my day job, our day job project is working on network-based employment. So essentially we're offering freelancers, gig workers, uh, digital nomads, anybody who considers themselves independent, the ability to employ themselves through a network versus a corporation or just on their own. Um, we're using a combination of Web 2, Web 3 technology. Eventually, um, the entire stack will be as decentralized as possible. And we're building the future of a self-sovereign worker. So if you fall into a category that you're looking for health care benefits, you're looking for support services, you're looking for opportunities, check out opolis.co. Um, sign up for pre-registration. Decentralized employment organizations go live. The first cohort will go live November 1st. And we will... Um, actually go operational January 1. And you can actually, uh, if you sign up, uh, j just to check out the white paper on the website. Well, the sweepstakes? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're giving away, what, 10? 10 yeah. full, essentially, like, scholarships, I guess you could say. Like, we're giving away services for a year for Opolis.co. So, you know, the employment commons is, is coming, and it's open, and it's, it's going to be pretty awesome, I think. Right. So if you're interested in the, in the topic, just go to opolis.co, download the white paper, the off-white paper, I should say, and uh, give us your feedback. And well, let's wrap up with that. So um, anything else, Hannah? I guess at we, Ethereum Denver and at Opolis on Twitter. Give us a follow. Holla holla. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll see you on see the flip. You. Thanks for listening. We hope you liked the episode. If you did, please leave us a rating or review, and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time. 